Good evening, everybody. We are live on Thursday, August 26th. We are about to kick off our uh, 2021 college football season. Uh, welcome to the Safety and the Sports Rider with Knoxville Nate and Big Joe. As you can see tonight, there is no Big Joe. Uh, you just got Knoxville Nate here. I hope that's okay with everybody, but you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot of uh, college football tonight because we have our season fast approaching, and um, we're going to break it break it down. I will have my co-host Rico McCoy joining me here shortly. The coach, the linebacker, the man, the myth, the legend. He's going to join me tonight. We're going to talk about college football from top to bottom. Uh, obviously, we've got some games that are going to be kicking off this week. Uh, however, the big show starts next week, and that's when our new show, uh, Man Coverage, that's at M-A-N underscore coverage, at Man Coverage will kick off next Sunday and start breaking down all the college football games. Me and Rico are going to be doing a, a live and recorded show, uh, essentially giving you the, the rundown of everything that happened. Uh, obviously, our first show uh, will be on the uh, uh, next Sunday, a week from Sunday. And we'll talk about all the games that occurred on Thursday, uh, the games that are on Friday, the games that are on Saturday, Sunday, everything that goes down uh, the first week. So I uh, hope everybody will join us. I hope everybody is ready uh, for college football season. Uh, I know that we are. Um, I know that Joe is. I know that Rico is. And uh, we're, we're excited and we're looking forward to it. Obviously, there's going to be, um, you know, some new players coming into the fold, all the uh, incoming freshmen, all the transfers for their new teams. But, you know, there's also some of the same old story as um, me and Rico are going to break down tonight, you know, our, our top, ten, you know, the top 10, AP top 10 and uh, who's in the preseason. Got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the preseason uh, top 10. I think it's a joke. I think they should do a the first top ten. Um, you know, when uh, after the first couple of weeks of the season, I, I just think it's kind of a joke to do a preseason top ten when nobody's seen any of these teams play yet. But we'll get uh, we'll get Rico's thoughts on that, and uh, hopefully he shares my uh, my brain on that. We're gonna bring him in right now. Uh, we got Mr. McCoy joining us. Rico, hey hey, what's going on? How you doing, Coach? I'm well. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. I was just telling our listeners uh, a little bit about uh, the new show we got going on called Man Coverage. Going to be kicking off on next Sunday, a week from Sunday, breaking down all the college football. And uh, was also talking a little bit about uh, the preseason poll that came out. We're going to break it down here in a few minutes. But uh, not a big fan of the preseason poll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of a joke, man. They, they have some teams in there that don't belong. Uh, they got some teams in there basically uh, solely um, based on what they did last year. What do you think? I don't pay too much attention to it, so I don't critique them too hard, Nate. But um, attention grabbers, man, you know what they're trying to do. It's football season. Ramp the fans up. Throw some teams out there to have hardcore followings. Throw a couple teams that don't belong to get people talking about it. It's 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 kind of like clickbait. 
You know, and, and, and all us football fans and sports fans know it's not where you start, but where you finish. So, you know, you revisit that thing in about five or six weeks and you really know something. No, I agree 100 percent. It's, uh, you know, they got to do it, I guess, because people want it. Uh, people want to see, you know, where their team is stacks up. But honestly, you know, even the experts really have no idea because, uh, you know, everybody's starting fresh. I mean, that's the beauty of college football. Every year um, you start fresh. And I think this year, 2021, is going to be one of the most unique years in college football history because, A, um, as we've talked about before on this show and as me and you have talked about, we've got – this is – the whole game is different. We've got the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You know, guys can can move from team to team without having to sit out. Um, you know, we got guys jumping – uh, their senior year of high school, like Quinn Ewers at Ohio State and, and playing right away. And, and um, you know, we also have, due to COVID, the Rona, as I like to refer to it, we got guys that, you know, played last year as seniors that are coming back. And I, I think uh, that'll make it for a unique season. I don't know what you think. Well, Nate, listen, it's it's free agency. <laughs> it's, it's free agency at the college level, and I'm a fan of it. I'm, I'm a fan, um, you know, having played the game and, and coaches did have too much control over a guy's future. Now it's kind of, you know, if a kid's not happy there, I'm not saying you should jump all over the place, of course, but sometimes a place just isn't, just isn't a good fit. It's just like any job you, you've ever worked, you know, either it's a good fit or it's not. You can't work anywhere, Nate. You can't have just any boss. It's the same thing with football. So, I'm happy to see it. Uh, guys are, are able to move around and go where they feel loved and appreciated. But that goes to what you're saying. Ball clubs will, will really have turnover from year to year now. We know how important the quarterback position is. You bringing in a big-time quarterback, is it, it makes all the difference in the world. Now that receiver that you had, who we all knew was good in practice, the rest of the country gets to see. So it's – you know, these teams are going to be completely different. But, look, I'm curious to know who you think um, doesn't belong in that top ten and, and, like, why. Who are you talking about, like, at that person? I want to know who you're talking about, Nate. <laughs> you know, honestly, um, I, I, I've got some questions about some of those teams. But just to reiterate what you were saying, I agree with you. I, I'm glad these guys can go. I thought it was an absolute joke that um, these kids – you know, go to a school and they're they're sold one bill of goods, and then they get there and it's something different. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there there's fifteen guys at their position, and their coach, you know, who recruited them's gone. Yeah. You know, he bolted for the NBA uh, and NBA, the NFL, or he went to another school for more money or oh, whatever. Wow. You know, I mean, it's a joke. So now, you know, these guys can can move around a little bit and they can go to another school and. Uh, you know, I think it holds coaches accountable and the guys that are honest don't have to worry about anything because as long as they're honest with their, their guys, they're good. Uh, but, you know, just to, to answer your question, because I don't want to dodge the question. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Um, you know, honestly, when I look at this top 10, um, you know, you got your usual suspects. You got Bama, number one, again. Uh, it seems like every year that Nick Saban is there. Uh, pretty much they're, they're ranked number one. I mean, I can't really argue that they were head and shoulders above everybody, including, uh, my boys up in Columbus, uh, as they showed in the national championship game and me and you called it, 
Um, you know, as our listeners will recall, the week before the national championship game, me and Rico were on here uh, breaking that down. And uh, what we said was going to happen happened. But, um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma's probably right where they should be. I think they're they're in good position. I think, you know, Lincoln Riley knows what he's doing. He's proven to be a, a stellar coach at this level. Uh, he can win. Can he win the national championship? I don't know. But they're definitely up there. And with Spencer Rattler coming back, you know, they got they got what they need to get there. The The biggest question mark I've got is probably Notre Dame, um, to be honest with you. And I know they're ranked number nine. Um, and I'm not hating on Joe's Irish because Joe's not here. Uh, that's not what I'm doing. But I got to be honest, as a Buckeye fan, I watched Jack Cohen up close and personal uh, when he was the quarterback at Wisconsin. And obviously now he's at Notre Dame. He's right, won the right. job. He's going to be the man. And do I think he's an upgrade over Ian Book? No, I do not. I think Good Ian point. Book is a better quarterback than him. Hell, they couldn't win the national championship with Book. So, you know, downgrading at that position I think is big. And then, you know, they lost a lot of key personnel on defense. Devlin Hayes is gone. Um, you know, their other uh, defensive end is gone. So they lost their, their top two rush ends. They lost several of their, their linebackers, several of their DBs. And, um, you know, I like, I like what they've got coming back in, in the running back position and Kyron Williams. Um, he's one of my favorite players in all of college football. But um, I just think, you know, I saw Jack Cohen at, at Wisconsin. And when he had, uh, you know, Aaron Tate, uh, What's the guy's name from the Colts? Uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan. Uh, behind him, you know, toting that rock 30 times, and he only had to throw it 15, 20 times. He looked okay, but in games where, you know, they played somebody good like the Buckeyes or they went up against Northwestern and people stacked up against the run, I think um, I think Jack Cohn was exposed. And mm. so that's probably, that's probably the team I got the biggest problem with. So, look, I, you made a few good points. I, I agree with you. I just <laughs> – they're, they're just they're just that program that's never as good as the, you know as people say or as people vote. Um, but the big point for me was the defensive ends, the loss of the guys on the defensive line. We're talking about a team that still gave up 400 yards passing to a backup quarterback fresh off the bench. You know, in Clemson, not saying that Clemson's a mediocre program or that you know DJ's not going to be a heck of a starting quarterback for Clemson. But the dude came off the bench. His his debut was 400 yards on y'all with those defensive linemen. So that that point right there is where his home for me. You couldn't stop this dude at your best, and your your next guys up probably aren't going to be as good as those two guys that you lost. Um, I was kind of wondering about the the Iowa State thing. Um, what are your feelings? I didn't get to watch them play much last year, but are they really? top 10 caliber ball club or what? What did I miss? Um, you know, they kind of had a down year last year, honestly. Um, you know, they were expected to be pretty damn good because they've got Brock Purdy, who was supposed to be one of the top, and I say supposed to be, uh, because he underperformed. Um, he had a hell of a year the year before in 2019, but but 2020 did not go as planned. Okay. Um and the big question for them is, can he bounce back? The good news for Brock Purdy is he's got Brees Hall behind him. And uh, Brees Hall is one of the best running backs in the country. And, um, you know, to be honest, I love their coach, uh, Campbell. Tough. Um, Old school. Tough. He's one of the best coaches in the game. And let me tell you why I love this guy. 
uh, this dude could have bolted at any time. This guy has had offers to go to other schools. This guy has been looked at by some NFL uh, jobs that have come available. And what has he done but re-signed every year uh, to go back to the Cyclones? And uh, that kind of commitment, I think, uh, shows up in recruiting. I think it shows up um, in the heart that they're, that his players play with. Mm-hmm. He knows that they're committed to him. And he knows he's going to be around. And um, and also he knows how to win. Uh, he's proven he can win at Iowa State. Now, are they a top 10 team? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not know. I mean, yeah. uh, they, they have the talent uh, to be a top uh, 10 team. But as we saw last year, you know, once the bullets start flying, uh, things don't always go – they don't always go as planned. And, um, you know, the it was not it was not the season they expected. They lost uh, – they lost the week one last year. I think they played Louisiana. Um, but they get to uh, – you know, things are different this year. Teams get to open up with, a, you know, some of them with a little bit of a softer schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they start off against Northern Iowa uh, and then play Iowa and, you know, that – it's going to be a little bit easier for him is what I'm saying. So I, I, I think if, if ever were, there were a time for them to be a top 10 team, It'd be now. I think it's probably this year. Okay. Okay. Well, look, I'll, I'll start at the top. It's, it's Nick Saban. And I'm for sure. But I mean, everybody knows it's a consensus. Nick Saban's the GOAT. Okay. Okay. And, and, and they do nothing but reload and, and go get it. Um, my thoughts on their quarterback, he's, he'll probably win the Heisman if you ask me. And here's why I say that. I watched this dude play in high school, two games. One of those games was against St. Francis High School in Baltimore, right? They had about 16 or 17 D1 seniors. And I watched this guy and two receivers win that ball game. And his precision, his poise in the pocket, his athleticism, I mean, this dude was incredible. He was clearly the best player in high school because he wheeled that team to a win where they were literally outmanned. I mean, come on, St. Francis Academy is is loaded. They go pick guys from all over the country. They house them, and they play great ball. I mean, they send guys to LSU, you know, all over the country every year, Bama. And this guy played the game. Uh, He led those boys to a victory. So what I'm saying is this. This dude was great in high school. Now you're surrounded by some of the best talent there is in college football. The sky's the limit for him. He has a cannon. He's athletic enough to run. Um, He can scramble. The dude can do it all. I mean, he is probably going to have a record-breaking season this year. Like, that's the kind of guy I think he is. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what they can do this year because he, he's a great quarterback and he's going to be surrounded by the, one of the best coaching staffs in college football, arguably the best head coach ever for uh, college football. I mean, your O-line is going to be nice. Your running backs, your receivers, they got a freshman, uh, a Jai Hall. And they said that this is what I was told. He is the closest thing to Julio Jones, okay, since he's been – since Nick Saban's been uh, at Bama. And they said that this dude's going to start as a freshman this year. He, he enrolled early in January, and all I hear is how great of a player he is. 
So, man, I'm excited to see what Bama can do. And look, you were talking about Iowa State last year. Alabama this year, Nate, because of last year, is going to they're, they're going to continue that success. And it's because last year came with so many obstacles. It was the unknown. You couldn't go by your standard, you know, order of operations. And that's what maybe affected Iowa State. That's my point. That yeah. maybe affected them having to change the practice the way they practice, change practice hours, change when they practice, you know, the length of practice. Those things mess you up. How we can train in all season. Bama adapted and they they won. They, they played an all-SEC schedule. <laughs> come Like, come on, man. Every week they played an SEC opponent. That thing is – it should come with a two asterisks. They played all-SEC and still found a way to win every ball game. That's yeah. what's so impressive. So when we say this thing could be – it could go any way out here other than those top couple spots, I think it can go any way because last year people had to adapt. They were taken out of their comfort zone. And told to, hey, you can play, but you got to do this, 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 and this every week. Every day you got to do this, checking temperature, doing this, taking tests. And Alabama and Nick Saban, they say, you know what, we're going to do it to the best of our ability, and we're still going to win games. So that's why I'm excited about college football right now. Who, yeah, no. who can come out this year? We don't know, Nate. Hey, they've got the CEO, man. I mean, that's what you need in college football. You've got to have the CEO, the, the big man in charge that knows what the hell he's doing. And that's what they've got. And that's why they've been able to overcome, you know, losing guys like they do. You know, they, they it's, a, it's a factory, man. Every year they have all these guys that go in the draft. And that's why people were saying, oh, they've lost so much from last year. Mac Jones is gone. You know, Najee Harris is gone. Jalen Waddle is gone. So-and-so is gone. Who cares? They have so much talent and they have so much, uh, you know, going on with their coaching staff that it's next man up there. And you know what? I got to be honest. I think that Bryce Young – getting to sit there and uh, soak it all in last year, I think it's probably good for him. Um, I think it's probably the best. I mean, people say, well, you know, the best way to learn is being on the field. I understand all that. But getting to uh, sit there and go to practice and not have to have all the pressure on an 18-year-old back, uh, I think is good for him. And uh, like you mentioned, they got IG Hall. Uh, you know, a freshman out of Florida, Valrico, Florida, yep. Bloomingdale High School. Um, you know, he's supposed to be a stud. Uh, they got Brian Robinson uh, running back. They've also got, you know, Jamison Williams, the transfer from Ohio State. Um, couldn't really get on the field for the Buckeyes, but, you know, should be able to help that receiving core. They got John Mechie coming back. Tough. Uh, Slade Bolden coming back. And then, you know, besides Hall, they've got Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, Jojo Earl, Christian Leary. Uh, they've got four of the top 50 freshman wide receivers in the country. Come on. So I didn't, I expect zero drop-off. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, you know, and then you got Clemson. Um, we got to talk about them too because, you know, it, it's the same thing. I mean, Clemson's – they lost a lot as well. I mean, Travis Etienne is gone. My boy, Amari Rogers is gone. Right. Um, you know, Cornell Powell is gone. Um, Trevor Lawrence is gone. But 
you still got Dabo Sweeney in charge. Uh, plus, we got to see uh, DJU. We got to see big number five uh, go out there and play last year, and he already proved he can do it. Come on. Uh, and, and they got the wide receivers, man. They got EJ Williams. They got Frank Ladson. Uh, they got Justin Ross uh, coming back from injury. Gamer. Gamer. I mean, he's he's proven it on the biggest stage there is. And then I really think this year um, they're going to have these tight ends step up. Um, Dave, Davis Allen, uh, Braden Galloway, Jalen Lay, three of the top tight ends in the country are all on one team. So I'm expecting nothing uh, but the same old, same old from the uh, Clemson Tigers. I don't know what you think. Nate, I think that their defensive line is going to be incredible. Their defensive line is going to be incredible. I mean, if you're talking about um, if you're talking about their ends, and they have a defensive tackle who actually went to my high school, St. John's. And listen, what's what's my big guy's name? Brees. Brian Breesy. Brian Breesy is a monster. He's a grown man. He's a grown man, Nate. And I've seen him. He can play five technique. He can play a three technique. And he's monstrous. He's strong. He has moves. He came in like that as a freshman. Then you have the freshman from, uh, was it Marietta? Marietta, Georgia. Who's your speed rush guy? He's incredible coming off the edge. So you mix those two guys outside. And you have those two big big interior defensive tackles that they have, and it's going to be a problem. These guys were all freshmen last year. That's what's incredible about this. Your top two sack guys were freshmen for your team. Your TFL leader, your sack leader were freshmen. It's impressive. You can build anything once you, once you have a front like that. You got D linemen like that, it makes it easier for my backers, makes it easier for my daggone defensive back. So I agree with you, especially in the ACC. They'll they'll run the table there, and we'll see what they can do, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll get into our, our breakout guys in a minute, but one of mine is, is a guy on the Clemson line. So we'll talk about it here in a few minutes um, because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, for our listeners. But yeah, one of my guys on my breakout list is is from uh, the Clemson D-line. And they've also got Xavier Thomas uh, coming back, who who didn't play last year. And, um, you know, is a graduate, uh, a guy that's already graduated and, um, you know, has proven to be a threat. So, you know, I don't think really that, you know, some people are saying that their D-line took a step back last year. I don't really agree with that. I think they were young. They were yeah, young, Nate. Well, they, 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 they had the same problems that a lot of teams did. They had injuries. They had COVID issues. And, um, you know, that, that kind of threw them off in some games. But they still got uh, that core of players. They've got Balin Specter coming back. They've got James Skowski uh, coming back at the mic. Uh, Trenton Simpson uh, will be back as a sophomore. And, you know, they've always got good corners and uh, secondary players like Xanders and Fred Davis uh Andrew Booth all those guys that can get after it so um I'm expecting Dabo to you know to light it up and and to have another year uh like they've been having and and he's you know I I know he gets a lot of credit um and you know he likes it but uh he deserves it man I mean what he's done with that program I think is remarkable who we have next so uh you know while we're here, you know, why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little Buckeye football? I mean, you know, 
Uh, you like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I don't like to, uh, I don't like to toot my own horn, but uh, I got to be honest. Uh, this is one of the most exciting uh, seasons that I've ever, you know, sat around for as far as preseason hype goes. And I know we lost Justin Fields, and and I do think it'll, it, there may be um, some growing pains, but. You know, when you lose a guy that's drafted in the top 10, 11 picks, and then you've got four guys uh, that are that are top 100 players ready to go, you know, the drop off's not going to be that bad. And, um, you know, we've got one of the uh, um, top offensive tackles in the country and Thayer Mumford. He's a senior. Um, he's back. We got Paris Johnson who's uh, the big boy from my my uh, school up there in Cincinnati, St. Xavier. Uh, he's going to get to start this year. And then what do you want? What do you want when you're a quarterback? You want receivers. We have the greatest group of wide receivers I may have ever seen. Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, uh, you know, I don't even know. Is there enough balls to go around? No. But hold on, Nate. You just said that you've ever seen. I mean, how far back does your does your memory go? Like, I mean, can we go back two years and just talk like Bama? Like, are you kidding me? Are well, you kidding me? I don't like to talk Bama, so I kind of hey, just listen, take I them out of the equation. But what are you saying? Are they on another level? I'm saying that they're depth. I've never seen a team that goes – uh, seven, eight deep like this at the wide receiver position. I mean, Jamison Williams, you know, went to Alabama, and honestly, he's a great player, and I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy because he's a great player. He's fast as can be. Um, you know, he's a very skilled wide receiver, but, I mean, I think the main reason he left was he's going to get more balls at, at Bama. I mean, I, I just – I've never seen this kind of depth before in uh, no position. I agree with you. They're they're loaded. I, I mean, watching the last two recruiting classes for Ohio State. I, so here's my question, Nate. While while we're on it, we're it's a little bit off topic, but Ohio State is the closest thing to Alabama these last three years recruiting wise. What is the difference in the outcome of these games? Because I'm looking at Ohio State, and it's number one at this position, number three, number four. Number two at this position, number four, number five. What is the difference? How can we close that gap, you know, from Alabama and everybody? How do we do that? Because Ohio State's recruiting these last two, three years. It's been insane. They've gotten what? The one one and two receiver, two through four receiver. I mean, come that's what you're talking about right now. You probably have Fleming was the number one receiver for his year, right? He was the number one overall player. My point exactly. And then the next year you had number two and three. When do when does that equate to them dethroning the big guy? When does that happen? I mean, I'm not saying they're not successful. They aren't running the table in the Big Ten, and that that's not a heck of a ball coach. I didn't think he would be that good. I'm I'm being honest. He shocked me, and I'm happy that he. I, I like Ohio State, but man, I've never seen a smoother transition from a great to an up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I, if I sat here and told you that I wasn't a little nervous, um, you know, when Urban left, I'd be lying to you because I, I was nervous. I mean, I love Ryan Day. He's a great guy. But yeah. did I think 
he would walk in day one and have this kind of success on the recruiting trail, on the field? No, I did not. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got the pedigree. You know, he, he worked under Chip Kelly uh, at New Hampshire. He won a national championship as a quarterback at New Hampshire. But that's New Hampshire, man. Uh, this is the Buckeyes. And I, 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 was, I was concerned. Um, I liked the hire. I liked the move, you know, keeping it in house and all that good stuff. But I was nervous. But, oh, my gosh, I agree with you. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a guy step in and recruit this well opening day. And, um, you know, the, the gap was there last year. It was evident in the national championship game. But if you back up and look at the game before the national championship game, I mean, we dog stomped Clemson Tigers. Smoked them. I, I mean, we smoked them. them. Right. And the Clemson Tigers were a good football team. So, uh, you know, the, the difference was last year we didn't have Chase Young. Last year we didn't have True. Nick Bosa. True. Last year we didn't have Joey Bosa. Yep. And um, the pass rush wasn't the same. We had some decent players. I like Jonathan Cooper. I like Tyreek Smith. I like those guys. Right. Um, but some of them didn't play. Uh, in the championship game. And then, you know, now we've got it. Uh, the, the, the pass rushers are there. We got JTT, um, you know, the number one player in the country. He reclassified. He's going to play this year. And then we have the number one player from the year before, uh, Jack Sawyer. So, you know, yeah, you take Hold the on, two top from, um, from Washington State. Uh, yeah, JTT. JT I, know, I did not know he reclassified. I did he reclassified, uh, committed to Ohio State, and then uh, joined – it came to fall practice. So he, he'll be out there. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll start opening day, but I'm telling you, I watched the spring game, and, and Jack Sawyer uh, was a, was a one-man wrecking crew. Okay. And if you can take Jack Sawyer, add JT Talamula, and then you got Tyreek Smith – Zach Harrison, Javante, Gene Baptiste, all ready to spell those two guys. Right. Who the hell is going to block these five guys? I have no idea. That's a rotation. That's there's a great- no way that you can right. block those guys. I mean, that, this will be the best pass rush that I've may have ever seen uh, in in college football, and, and and definitely ever seen at Ohio State. And there's been some damn good. I mean, we've had what, four of the top five defensive rookies of the year uh, in the last five years, and these guys may be better. So I I think that that gap, if ever, we were just talking about if Iowa State's ever going to be in the top ten, it's going to be this year. If the gap is ever going to get closed between the the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Ohio State Buckeyes, I believe it's this year. Okay. Okay. I I do. Now, there's a lot of pressure on on young C.J. Stroud, but let's say this, okay? Let's say uh, next Saturday, C.J. Stroud comes out and he sucks, okay? Do I think that's going to happen? No, but, you know, let's say he struggles. Let's say it's not happening. Well, (laughs) throw uh, Kyle McCord out there. I mean – um, maybe 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 you put Quinn Ewers in. I don't know, but I'm just saying maybe. <laughs> if the quarterback position don't work out. Right. They've got three, four other guys that they could they could try uh, if CJ just you know doesn't doesn't cut it. So I'm not concerned about the quarterback position honestly uh, because if, if if for whatever reason CJ doesn't work, uh, we've got three other options. I agree, I, but you you know what stood out? I think it's once. Once Ryan Day took over, 
did he start off six and zero or something like that? And they got a quote from Urban Meyer, and it really stuck with me. Urban Meyer said, that "For the first time in my career, I had a guy on my staff that was smarter than me." Oh, okay. Hey, yo. So I was thinking, I was like, Urban, and Urban Meyer is a cocky guy. <laughs> and for him to say that, Ryan Day really must be that guy. He must be a special dude for Urban Meyer to endorse him like that. And I mean, and look at what he's done. He's just continued to soar. So Urban Meyer's knew what Ryan Day had in him, and, and he endorsed the guy. And man, it, it must be must feel great to be a Buckeye fan. I'm gonna tell you that right now. To believe in your coach like that because he's done nothing but win. Look at you. <laughs> he's done nothing but win. He knows how to lead a program. He knows how to recruit. Um, he's getting it done. You're, you're yeah. always in a position to fight for a natty. He's the man. Hey, we've been knocking on the door, and um, I really believe, you know, he's learned a lot his first two years. I mean, that loss at Clemson, um, you know, there could have been setbacks for for guys of a lesser caliber after that victory. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on a tangent about the referees uh, because you know that's not what we're doing tonight. We're not breaking down the referees' calls. But that game was was bogus, and um, you know he could have handled it one of two ways. And and the way he brought that team back the following year to not only play the way they played throughout the season, but then take on that same pretty much same Clemson team and kick their ass. Um, you know, I, I just couldn't believe it. And um, I, I'm a big believer in Ryan Day. Uh, I think he's going to lead us to the promised land, and uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what it looks like against uh, against Minnesota. I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out. But listen, while we're talking Big Ten, Harbaugh, how? how? He signed an extension, and nobody really talked about it. I, I talked about it with my friends. We were baffled. What has he done in the Big Ten to deserve an extension? Does he get a special treatment because he's a Michigan guy, or because they're not treating him like they do other top-paid college football coaches? Because he would have been out of there. You haven't beat your rival not one time since you've been there. You have a losing record pretty much against the Big Three and the Big Ten, and you're there, and they gave you an extension. Can you make that make sense for me? Me. Uh, no, no, I cannot. I cannot. Um, if you're asking me to explain that, I can't do it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't explain it. Um, I, I'm glad that they uh, signed him back up. I want him staying right where his ass is because we kick his butt every year and I love it. Um, but it was surprising to me. I, I know that he, you know, last season was a disaster. Um, Joe Milton, who I like, um, we're not going to talk about where he's at now, but I liked Joe Milton and I thought he had a chance to um, be a pretty good player and, and he was garbage. And uh, that, that whole team was garbage last year and uh, really shocked me how poorly they played and how much they got pushed around in every game. And, um, you know, I know it's tough, you know, the, the Big Ten, you know, shut down and then and then open back up and then shut down and whatever. But but every team had to deal with that. And, the, and I thought they handled it the worst. Uh, of any of those teams. So uh, I really can't explain it. The guy has won absolutely nada uh, since he's been there. And what's his eight, year eight, year nine? He's never even won his side of the conference. 
Um, not once. He's never won a big game. He's never uh, made the college football playoff. He's never played in the Big Ten championship. He's never beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, so what's he done? Nate, we're not going to skip around that, Joe Milton. We're not going to skip around it, okay? Uh, listen, they say that he – I mean, I've seen the pictures and videos. He's he's a specimen. If, if, if the Vols can get this guy to play ball – that's going to speak volumes about what's going on in Michigan, if you ask me. That's more of a test right there. If this guy comes to Knoxville, Tennessee, and is able to win some ball games, something's really wrong because maybe my guys lost grip of, of the program. Why did they have so many guys transfer out from Michigan? Like, guys were leaving left and right, D-linemen, O-linemen, linebackers, quarterback. Guys are jumping ship. It must be a sinking ship, Nate. Yeah, man, I I agree with you. It, it, last year was a disaster. I loved every minute up because the <laughs> only thing I like more than watching my Buckeyes win is watching the Wolverines lose. In fact, I may even enjoy that sometimes a little bit more. Um, okay. But I was I was a little bit baffled um, of what I saw last year. I mean, I, I like Joe. He's a good kid. Uh, my God, he is an athlete. I'm not so sure that maybe he shouldn't uh, play a different position because he could play whatever he wants. I mean, that guy is stacked. He's got a hell of an arm, so so maybe he is a quarterback. But I don't see, I don't see how his position has improved um, as far as what's around him. Um, you know, I, I, and is the coaching better? I don't know, um, but you know, I, I definitely think the offensive line. Uh, the wide receivers, the running backs were, were better up there, um, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work last year, and I think um, a lot – It all he got all the blame. And you, we, me and you both know as playing football as long as me and you both have, and, um, you know, even at the level I played at, the quarterback gets all the praise when you win and he gets right. all the blame when you lose. Exactly. And, uh, I'm not so sure it was all his fault, to be honest. We're, we're, we're going to find out soon. Now, we'll say my balls, I think with the good, you know, with the good good coaching, our O-line can, can definitely be improved a lot. I mean, if you look at the guys we have on the O-line, we have quality guys. So we'll, we'll see how they play this year. But I definitely think Michigan had the edge with the running backs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not up for debate. Michigan had a couple of really good running backs up there. The receiving core, we got a bunch of young guys at, at UT right now um, that are hungry. You know, you got Hyatt over there who's ready to go. You got a couple other guys, but um, Michigan may have the edge there too. You know, running back receivers. I think O-line, it, it, Tennessee may have the better O-line if handled, handled the right way. But we're going to see. We're going to be able to tell a lot. But here's my thing. We had a bunch of guys transfer from, from Tennessee, Nate. Yeah. But we had a coach. <laughs> Tennessee had the most transfers a, of any school in Division One Power Five. The okay. most. But hold on, Nate. We had we had a coaching change. We had coaches fired. Michigan didn't have coaches fired. True. And True. they had a bunch of guys leave. So that's what I'm saying. We knew we had a sinking ship. We had <laughs> it was sunk. The, the, the coaches left. We had to leave. They were fired. But Michigan, you gave a guy an extension. And you had a bunch of guys leave. It makes no sense. No, it's true. It's true. But the the thing that worries me about Joe 
at Tennessee is a, um, you know, Trey Smith being gone is going to be a, a big factor. I, I'm sorry, but that guy has been the, the the one stabilizing force on that team, not only on the field, but off the field. Trey was the leader. And, um, you know, I, I, I just you look and see what he's doing right now. Um, in these preseason games, shoving dudes around mm-hmm. out there on an Absolutely. NFL field. And um, you can tell he wasn't the problem. He's gone, man. And um, these other guys are going to have to step up. And what you have to remember is Wanye Morris is gone too. Um, he's gone. Oh, you. Oh, you. I mean, and not only did Wanye jump ship and go to the Sooners and is going to start opening day, but he took Eric Gray with him. Started. Started running back as well. I mean, Eric Gray was – I mean, Eric Gray's a dog, man. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, I know they got some other guys, and I know, um, you know, they they brought other people in, but did they get somebody better than Wanye Morris? Did they get a running back better than Eric Gray? I don't think so. Why? Why? You have to tell the truth? <laughs> yeah, I just – that's how I. That's how I see it, bro. You have to tell the truth, even I mean, her time. I watched. I watched Eric Gray play in high school for three years, and the dude never got stopped. I watched him play at, at UT um, behind a line that had talent, but really wasn't blocking that well. And he still uh, got yards. Listen, um, ask me, Nate. If you ask me, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Trey Smith. <laughs> wasn't the same Trey Smith last year to me. I, I watched the games and I don't know, I don't know if it was the coaching or what, but what's my big guy? What's my big guy? The brothers. Um, KK's. He wasn't mauling people like he usually did. And I don't know if it was, was it the environment? Was it, was it the coaching over there? You had monsters. Kate Mays is a monster. Cooper Mays will probably be a monster this year. You know these guys. I watched Cade Mays play for four years in high school. And that guy is – and I watched him play at Georgia for two years. He's a tremendous football player, but he did not look the same out there. Um, That line did – that line just did not – it didn't – you know, there was a lot of hype uh, surrounding that offensive line. I mean, I heard whispers of, you know, the the back in the glory days, how this line was – you know, uh, maybe one of the best that, that, that the Vols have ever seen. And, uh, you know, a lot of talk, but but no backup because they, they did not – they didn't get it done on the field. That, that was my biggest disappointment last year was by far the offensive line play. And, you know, with this new coaching staff, we're going to see what the O-line coach can do because we know a couple of those guys personally. We've seen those guys. I, I coach Cooper Mays. I know what he's made of. I got, and I know what his big brother's made of. You know, so it's up to the coach to get it out of the player. Yeah. Whatever you need to do to make them most comfortable, then put them in a position to dominate. Because we've seen Cade and Cooper Mays dominate. So that's yeah. the coaching staff. It I'm is. It like, is. Um, it is. They, let's be honest here. They. It's not like they haven't had some players. I mean, even when Butch Jones was there. They had players when when Jeremy Pruitt was there. They've had players. They just haven't been able to 
they don't ha- they haven't had a coach. I mean, that's just that's the facts. There, there's been no coach, and uh, you know, I don't want to make this into a Tennessee show, but, yeah, but it's, 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 it's the, truth. It's truth. It's the truth. You got to have a coach first and foremost. You can have the greatest players in the world, but if you don't have a guy that can pick the best player at each, I mean, the first thing you have to do is pick the best player at each position and get them on the field. Right. And they haven't had a guy that can even do that. Right. And 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 the the second part, which I think a lot of people forget, Nate, being a coach now myself at the college level, is this: your guys have to believe in you. They have to believe in you, which means you have to coach them. When you're coaching a guy and he's using the tools that you're giving him and he knows that he's getting better listening to you, that creates buy-in. Yeah. Now your player is going to give his 110% out there. So when you got a beast like K. Mays and he believes in what you're coaching him to do and he's getting better, he's going to go out there and lay it all on the line. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not Tennessee's field. What we got next, Nate? Yeah, no, no, we got we got a little we got a little uh, Tennessee football in, but uh, no, it's it's facts. We're just telling the the way it is. Right. Um, but yeah, let's uh, you know we we broke down that the top ten pretty good there. We we can get more into that here um, on our show man coverage, which will be coming out uh, next Sunday. Me, Knoxville, Nate, and Rico McCoy. Uh, we'll be breaking it down, recapping every game uh, on the Sunday following uh, college football Saturday. So we'll do that, get more in depth. But I wanted to do our uh, a top five breakout players. Um, I figure uh, what we can do is uh, I'll let you go first. Um, I'll let you give us your uh, top guys for this year. And then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my guys, and I, I'm gonna throw a little video out there with my guys because I'm gonna I'm gonna bra- uh, back up my facts with a little bit of uh, a little videotape. Ah, look at you, a little PowerPoint going on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a little presentation. So uh, this is no particular order. It's my top five. I, I got to start with the home team, uh, the Maryland Terps. I don't know if he's considered a breakout player, but Rakim Jarrett, okay? He he was he was lit it up last year as a true freshman. I think this year he'll be up for All-American, playing under Coach Loxley, who's another hometown guy. You know, I've known Coach Loxley since I was, what, 13 years old. You know, he and uh, James Franklin were the big recruiters at the University of Maryland, you know, yeah. when I was growing up. Coach Loxley's from D.C., just like me, neighborhood. And um, where Kim Jarrett is a big out of St. John's High School in D.C., you know, my, my alma mater. Nice. And, and I think he said to possibly, I, I, I know you're a Big Ten guy, I know you're Ohio State guy, but I think he'll get way more balls than those guys. Like you said, they have too many at Ohio State. I think he'll get more balls than all of those guys, and he'll make he'll be first team All Big Ten, and he'll probably be All American. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, he uh, he was pretty good last year too, man. Yeah, he he had a great great couple. So I have him uh, number my second guy. I should say not number two, Marshawn Lloyd, another guy from from the DMV, uh, from Dematha High School. He was a top rated runner. Whoa. Did Rico go down? There he is. There you go. <laughs> okay. 
So look, Nate, my, my second my second guy is Marshawn Lloyd from um, the DMV, DeMatha High School. He's a top recruit for the Gamecocks last year, Taurus ACL going into camp. Nice. Um, it's funny, right? Small world, former Vol Ontario Hardesty will be coaching him, my boy. Um, you know, so I get the updates and stuff. He'll be getting a lot of carries for the Gamecocks this year, but we got to remember this is a guy that was – you know, 210 pounds, 215 pounds, running a 10-500, you know, low 4-4 guy, great out the backfield catching. I'm excited to see him. Um, my third guy is a Jay Hall. Uh, hi, however you say, we say a Jay, a Jai, a Jai Hall from uh, Alabama, the guy from down in Valrico, Tampa area. Yep. Um, he's supposed to be a starter this year. Um, yep. He comes with high praises from the OC and Coach Saban. He's supposed to be the second coming of Julio Jones. Um, that's my third guy. That's my third guy right there. So we'll see. My fourth guy, breakout, Knoxville Catholic guy. Oh. For the University of Tennessee. He's going to be a, a, a starter for his sophomore year. TB. At, at Tyler Barron. Oh. Tyler Barron. I, I think he's going to turn up this year. I think. Coach Banks coaching the defense over there. There's going to be a lot of attention to detail and that these guys are going to have a lot of tools in their tool bag. Tyler went into college as, as a grown man. I mean, 6'5", 255, good hands. You, you've seen him. I've never, I, I never realized how big that guy was until I stood next to him and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, this dude is a – looks like an NFL player. Right now. Right now, and this was when he was, you know, just going into his senior year. Um, once he, you know, moved from Nashville to uh, to Knoxville Catholic, I think he's. I think people sleeping on him because he was the one dude that really jumped off the tape for me uh, as a freshman uh, for the balls. Made some plays. He, he he made plays, and I'm excited to see him um, take it to the next level this year. And I'm going to keep it on that same team because I. I I wish my boys the best. I'm hoping that Jalen Hyatt gets the football this year. I'm hoping that the quarterback can get it to him. I'm hoping that he can show that elite speed outside. I mean, it's been a while. You know, I mean, we watched, you know, Callaway. We've watched um, Jawan Jennings. And, you know, those guys can play. They're football players. They make plays. You know, he was good with the jump ball, Callaway. I, I like watching the guys play. Josh Palmer, same way. But it's been a while since we had a guy that could run the top off of defense. And that's what Hyatt's supposed to be. And and I'm excited to see it. I want to see him get out there and and do all the things that the ball fans are, are, are waiting on and hoping for. Those those are my top guys I I want to break out this year. You know? I like I like it. I like your guys a lot. And the thing is, you know, uh your boy at Maryland's got him a QB. Uh, back mm. there from the football too. With the familiar was, name, dude. I was impressed by Tua's little brother. Um, I got to tell you, man, there was times last year where he was unstoppable. And uh, had it not been for some COVID issues on their team and some injuries, um, who knows uh, what what they could have done. So I expect uh, I expect him to be pretty legit this year. Uh, both those guys. So what they think think of this. Mike Loxley is a bad man. Yes. Okay. Listen, they, they didn't talk about him much at Bama, 
But when you talk about the record-setting seasons, Mike Loxley was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Like, you had yeah. a bunch of guys come through there as OC. You know, Lane Kiffin's great. The guy you got now, they're, they're good guys. They're real good coaches. But Mike Loxley took it to a new level. Mike Loxley opened that offense up like never before. And he's an amazing recruiter. So no, I agree. Nate, I'm telling you, he, he, did you see the RPOs and stuff that he implemented with Maryland? It's I'm too sorry. creative. It's a nightmare for defenses. They were they were unstoppable at times, man. And, um, you know, to be honest, my first guy that I'm going to whip out uh, was also unstoppable. And, and this is a guy that, uh, you know, he played at a little bit smaller of a program, but it's not because he sucks, man. He uh, was recruited and signed and committed uh, to play at Auburn. Um, and that's quarterback Malik Willis. Uh, this guy, look at him. What do you want him to do? You want him to throw it? You want him to run it? You want him to, uh, you know, throw it to himself? He could probably do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to be honest. I didn't know Liberty had a football team, okay, until I watched them play. I mean, I knew they had a football team, but I didn't know they had a football team that could compete Right. Um, until I watched them play last year. And, and this kid, look at him. I mean, it's like I, I can't even really – compare him to anybody because I've never really seen anybody like him before. Um, he can do it all. And uh, he's a magic man. I mean, I, okay. I, I'm interested to see what happens, but uh, he's, he's one of my guys. I, I don't have him in order either, but uh, I think he's just going to continue to get better. And uh, I can't wait to see, um, to see what he does. So that's, that's my first guy. That's good. Um, my second guy here is a dude from uh, your neck of the woods, uh, Travion Henderson. Um, you know, last year we had, uh, you know, we had Trey Sermon for the Buckeyes. Last year, um, you know, we had um, uh, we had our boy, uh, what's the guy's name? The big dude, uh, 33. The Teague. Teague, thank you. My mind just went completely blank. We had Teague, and, uh, you know, I like him too, but to be honest, um, we had Mayan Williams also, but I got to be honest, I don't know if any of those guys, um, you know, Trey Sermon's gone. I don't know if any of those guys are going to get carries because this dude uh, from the uh, Virginia area, I believe, um, he's, he's going to be legit. You uh, remember him? He was a ball. He was a ball uh, recruit. That is Darrell Taylor's cousin. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember him. That's Darrell Taylor's cousin. And I love Darrell Taylor, by the way. I hope he has a big season for the Seahawks because uh, I, I was sick when I heard about his injury last year. I, I love that guy. I met him a couple times, and he's a great dude. So, And this guy, if he's related to him, has athletic ability. But just look at him, man. He he was basically untackable, if that's a word, yeah. in high school because uh, dude was nasty. And um, from what I hear, he's going to be out there um on day one and and no one's really you know ever started at running back as a freshman for um ohio state the ohio state university except for mo claret hey, hey. <laughs> the, the legend Come oh, dude. i love mo claret there's there's nobody that i really love more uh than mo claret and and you know i don't even want to get into how bad that guy got screwed but um moving right along um I got to go with uh, my guy, 
D. Eric King, oh. uh, the quarterback from the, the Canes. How dude. can he qualify for this category? He's broken but, out before already. Because I think he's going to get better. Dude. I think that this is the time that the Canes come back. Oh, wow. All the way, oh. man. I mean, do they win the championship? No. But I'm talking about I think they might they might be in that Final Four, Rico. I'm telling you. When's the last time that the Canes had a quarterback like this? Oh, as exciting and explosive as him? Oh, it's been Leader? years. It's been years. I mean, tell me, who's the guy? I mean, I don't know. I can't even think of who it is because it's been so long uh, since the Canes had a proven guy yeah. and a guy that, that can get it done. And I know they lost that guy, Brevin Jordan. I know they lost some guys. But let's talk about who they still have. Uh, Derek King's got Cameron Harris. They've got Jalen Knighton. Both unbelievable running backs. They got Charleston yes. Rambo, uh, who transferred from Oklahoma yep. to add to the. Yeah. He's, a, he's a bad boy, too. Dude, Charleston Rambo <laughs> could start anywhere in the country. Yes, sir. And guess what? He's going to start for the Canes next. So I, I'm, I'm real excited about him. Uh, everybody knows who he is, but uh, I, 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 I put him in my breakout category because I think he's going to improve. You think he'll that. put the team on, on, on his back and put him on the map? I can see that because, listen, when I watched him at Houston that season before he set out, oh, my goodness. Do you remember that? Oh, oh, dude, I fell in love with this kid. <laughs> he's too small. You know, he, he doesn't have the arm strength. You know, he's, he's just not big enough. Well, he looks big as hell out there running over people and uh, throwing dimes all over the field like he is doing I right like here against pick. Clemson. I really like this pick because, you know what, he's going to get back to that form. And, and I'd like to see Miami back in the thick of things. That'd be nice for college football. No, I agree with you. Uh, uh, yeah, James uh, Bonneville agrees with you. He, he thinks Derek King can't break out. But I just wanted to put him on my list because I love him and I wanted to talk about him. So, James, <laughs> you can call me out all you want. Uh, I love this guy, and I just really wanted to watch some tape on him, I love uh, him while we were talking. So, yeah, you know, he may not be a breakout guy, but he's my guy, so that's what matters. <laughs> um, and then uh, lastly – uh, I, I got my boy right here, Jack Sawyer. I already talked about him, so I'm not going to talk about him too much. But I'm telling you, Rico, uh, I don't – this is another guy that I really don't know who to com compare him to. Um, I, he's, yeah. he, didn't even, he didn't even play last year as a senior in high school, which I'm kind of glad about because I didn't want him to get hurt or get the Rona. Uh, but the dude, is, the dude is unstoppable. And um, I, I see him and JTTT – uh, starting, um, you know, by week two or three and just being an unstoppable force. Um, you know, he's an edge guy. He can rush the passer, but this guy can play the run. And, I mean, he can do it all. I, I, I watched that spring game, and there was a lot of talent out on that field. But I have to be honest with you, this guy was the best player um, out of all of them. And that's that's saying his hands. He's good with his hands. Oh my gosh. He sheds blocker. He can beat you, uh, you know, running you over. He can use his hands and shed okay. blockers and get by you. I just don't know what this guy can't do. And, um, I'm, I'm very excited to see, um, what happens because uh, this guy is, is one of the best players that I've, I've seen, uh, come to Ohio state. And, and that, that most certainly is, is saying something. Sweet.
So that's it, man. Those are our uh, those are our breakout guys. I guess Derek King isn't really a breakout player, but, <laughs> but man, uh, I just wanted to talk about him because I love him. And um, you know, when I was a little kid, I was a Canes guy. Um, even though I've always been a Buckeye, and and you know, was a Tennessee transplant. I always, man, if anybody's ever going to bring them back to prominence, uh, I think it's Derek King. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see uh, Miami Miami get, get back in the thick of things. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be good for college football. Yep. And, um, you know, I think they're going to they're gonna have, uh, you know, people come there for recruiting uh, because they've always been able to recruit. And now, Miami, now they can legally pay people. So, you know, it's just going to get better and better for them. Nate, before we go, listen, we didn't talk about – we didn't talk about, hey, Justin, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. We we didn't talk about North Carolina. What do you think about the Tar Heels? Like, what do you think? Well, you know what? I got to be honest. I I have been impressed uh, with what Mac has done, um, you know, coming back. I, I was kind of like, what? You know, he Mac Brown's coming back uh, to – Coach college football. I was like, didn't he retire like 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was an unbelievable coach and, you know, led led Texas to a national championship. And, you know, look at what he's done at, at UNC. Um, you know, they, they had a pretty good ball team the last two years. But I, to me, losing Michael Carter, um, losing Javante Williams, mm-hmm. uh, losing um, the wide receiver Brown, um, you know, to me, I just I see them for some reason taking a step back, and I know they still got Sam Howell, and I know right. a lot of people love that guy, um, but I'm not one of them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Look I like him; he's good. Look he's good, but I just I don't see the guy winning him a national championship. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I don't know what the you jury, think. I mean, tell me, you tell out. me. The jury's still out because this is really going to show how good that quarterback is. I mean, can they, can other guys just step in and he's still slinging a rock to him like that? I mean, that, that ground game, I mean, think about when you got running backs that can rush for almost 200 yards a piece in a game. How much weight do you have to carry? 2,000 yard rushers Come on, in the man. same backfield, man. Come on. That's a lot of load being carried by them two guys. So we'll, we'll get to see now when teams don't have to load the box, how well he can still throw the football. So we'll see. The jury's out. Yeah. No, we'll see. I mean, I, I've seen flashes. I've seen flashes where he's he's looked real solid. And, um, uh, you know, but it's more like I see him uh, busting out against Duke instead of busting out against Clemson. Or I've okay. seen him, you know, tearing up Ja Tech instead of, you know, tearing up Florida. You know, I mean, I, I we'll see what happens. But – um, you know, he's got to make me a believer until, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I got to see it to believe it. I'm a show me guy. I've lived in Knoxville for the last 10 years. So uh, I got to see it to believe it. But sure. we'll, see, we'll see what he's got, man. We got some good matchups. Uh, obviously, we're going to break this down uh, next week, uh, week from Sunday. Uh, man coverage, everybody. I hope you all will join us. Um, we're going to be on the air on Sundays. We'll get you some updates. Follow us on at. M-A-N underscore coverage, man underscore coverage at Twitter. 
Uh, we got our YouTube page ready to go, so we're about to explode. And we're, we're going to talk about these games, man. We got Ohio State, Minnesota. We got UNC, Tech. We got Penn State, Wisconsin. We got Bama versus Miami. That's the game right there. I can't <laughs> that, wait to break it down. That is the game. Bama, <laughs> Miami uh, is definitely probably my favorite game. Number two is probably Clemson, Georgia. We're about out of time here, so we can't really get into it. But I think that is going to be a hell of a football game. Indiana-Iowa is a sneaky good game. I can't believe I'm saying that. What's my quarterback's name? Penix? Penix. Come on. Oh, my God, I love that guy. Oh, my God, I was I found myself cheering for Indiana football last year. And uh, that's never happened. So uh, I love this kid. Uh, he was also a recruited here in Knoxville, and they basically told him to get out of here. And uh, look what look what he did last year. I mean, that guy was amazing. What about their their transformation from the way they ended nineteen to twenty? That ball coach got them going, didn't he? Man, I I, <laughs> I love that guy. I absolutely love that guy. He he won. Um, you know, he was coach of the year in in a lot of uh, the end of the year publications. And I, I got to be honest, I couldn't I couldn't have agreed more. Uh, with an award. I mean, um, the transformation. <laughs> he, he just changed that. He, he, everybody always talks, we're going to come in, we're going to change the culture. Yeah. Well, you know, that sounds great, but it's way harder to do than, than saying it. And, um, you know, Coach Moore came in and did it. And uh, it was, it was absolutely amazing. So I'm interested to see that game, Louisiana taking on Texas, um, you know, the, the start of the Sark era. Uh, down there in Texas, and then Notre Dame, Florida State. So I hope everybody joins us for for those, man, because that's gonna be some good games. Nate, ah. nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm <laughs> not buying the Texas thing. I'm sorry. We'll talk no. about it, but I'm not buying it, Nate. No, man, that guy had his chance uh, out at USC, man. He, he had some loaded teams, and uh, the only thing that really was loaded at the end of the game was him. Uh, Oh my God! Did I just say? I yeah, just, you, yeah, you did. You're, you're rolling today. You're I'm rolling. sorry, man. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. That's okay. I like the guy, honestly. I, and I'm, you know, anybody. Can, I'm not making fun of someone who has problems yeah. because uh, that's that's a serious issue. But I'm just saying, uh, I'm not buying it either. I, I think Tom Herman was a pretty, you know, as much as I hate the rat, uh, Tom Herman. He he was a pretty good offensive mind, and he couldn't win. Uh, down there in Austin with 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 a fifth year quarterback in Sam Ellinger. So, uh, good luck uh, with a with a new guy. Right. So we'll see. We'll talk more about it. Yep. Well, everybody, we appreciate you uh, tuning in tonight on the Safety in the Sports Writer, aka uh, Man Coverage with me and Rico. Um, please tune in week from Sunday. Uh, we will be breaking down all the college football action. And uh, Rico, man, I am uh, extremely excited and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good season. Hey, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get to uh, fully express ourselves if you started already. And uh, <laughs> listen, it's it's going to be how we really feel. And, and we're going to get into this thing. We're going to get into this thing, break down some of the big games and Talk SEC, Big Ten football, some of that Pac-12 stuff. And, shoot, just tune in. We're going to have a lot of fun.
No doubt, man. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to give our opinions. We're going to be honest, and we're going to uh, you know we're not going to do the ESPN fluff piece. Uh, we're going to get into the games, and we're going to talk about why they were won, why they were lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we talked about before on our promo, you know the breakout players, the underdog, you know the underdogs of the week. Um, you know those are things we're going to discuss, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope everybody tunes in and. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be debuting a week from Sunday. So uh, have a great night, Rico, and um, I look forward to uh, doing it again with you. Take it easy, Nate. We'll get together soon. All right, buddy. Good night to everybody, and thank you for tuning in. And uh, have a good one, buddy. Take it easy, everybody. All right, adios.